I wonder, have you heard anyone remarking in the last 18 months or so about how quickly time seems to be passing? It seems to be passing quickly despite the fact that we have had this awful virus called COVID with us for that length of time and indeed a little bit longer now. With all the upheaval that COVID has brought into our world over the past two and a half or so years, including the disruption to work and travel, as well as our not being able to visit our friends, whether that be at home or in hospital, and all of the other things that have gone along with it, we might very well be tempted to think that time would have been dragging past. But I've been amazed at how many people have been saying to me over the past 18 months or so about how quickly time seems to be flying past. Many have been remarking also about all the evil that's going on in the world at the present time. I'm mentioning these natural disasters as well, earthquakes and so on that we've mentioned already. And some have actually been thinking, are these things signs that the end of the world is drawing near? Well, I don't know when the end of the world is to be because the Bible says very clearly that there's no man knows the day nor the hour when Jesus Christ will come again uh, to bring it all to its ultimate conclusion. But the time is passing, and the Bible reminds us that it is in the here and now that we are to be preparing for the eternity which awaits us. Therefore, the subject of time is a very important one. And so I want to suggest to you today, using three words that you'll find in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 at verse 29, uh, using those three words uh, to remind you and to remind myself that time is short. Those are the three words that you'll find there uh, by the Apostle Paul. Time is short. Of course, he was speaking in a very different context, uh, and it was intended uh, in a totally different context at that time. But as we come to think about time today, I want to remind all of us that time is short. And firstly, I want you to notice, friends, that a lifetime is short. We were reminded of that from Psalm number 90 today. A lifetime is short. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength but labor and sorrow, for it, uh, we are soon cut off and fly away. Seventy or eighty years, perhaps a little bit more, at the most. Yes, the days of our years are short. And you know, I believe that if we were to live in these days to be as old as Methuselah was, uh, we would still consider our days to have been short indeed, and certainly short when compared to God's great eternity. I'm sure that as each one of us looks back on our experience of life, 
we wonder at how quickly the years have flown past. There's some here today, you can look back over 10 years, maybe others 20, others 30, others 50, others even more than that. And you're wondering, where have the years gone? Where has time gone? It seems just to have flown past. The Apostle James says in that little letter that he wrote, what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Job in the Old Testament said, man that is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He springs up like a flower and withers away like a fleeting shadow he does not endure. Yes, friends, let me remind you as I remind myself today that a lifetime is short. And if that is true, then secondly, I want to remind you that the time that remains to each one of us as we meet here in this uh, church today is shorter still. For we all have already spent some of the time, some of us more than others, the time that we're not sure how long it will be, God has given to us. So a lifetime is short. The time that remains to us as we are here today is shorter still. And then thirdly, I want to say to you that the time of this world's continuance is short. This world is not going to go on forever in the way in which you and I know it today. The Apostle Paul tells us that is why we should not get engrossed in the things of this world, but rather we ought to sit loosely to the things of this present world, for its form is passing away. The fashion of this world passes away, Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians. We know how God sent his only begotten son into the world at that first Christmas uh, so long ago, how he was born as a babe in Bethlehem in order that uh, he might live and eventually die on Calvary's cross to purchase salvation for sinners like us. And the writer of Hebrews, it is that reminds us right at the start of his letter that God spoke in the past to our forefathers through the prophets and in various other ways. But he says in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Notice how God speaks there about these last days. He is referring to that final episode of time, that period of time which began with the coming of Christ into this world and, of course, will end when Jesus Christ returns to this world in power and in great glory. Yes, friends, we are living in that period of history known as the last days, and it will end when Christ returns to earth, not this time as Savior, but as the great judge eternal. Right throughout the uh, New Testament, we are warned to watch and pray. Jesus himself said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, therefore keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. Of course, the Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour, and I've mentioned that already when Jesus will come back. 
but we are told that there will be signs that the day is drawing closer, and one cannot help but wonder when we look out at what's happening all over the world these days, how much long it will be before the Lord comes back again. We live in days when evil abounds in a widespread manner. There are wars, earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanoes, political upheaval. We live in days where people call evil good and good evil. We live in days when knowledge has greatly increased and is increasing. However, we are still in the day of grace, and we ought to thank God for that. And God's people, especially in these days, uh, need uh, to be continuing with a greater zeal their service for the Master, while, of course, they keep watching and looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to be working for the Master and watching again uh, for His coming. Well then, if time is short, and I believe it is undoubtedly, surely the most important question that each one of us here today, from the youngest to the oldest, ought to be asking himself or herself is, what time is it for me now? What time is it for me today? Well, let me say to you, if you're here today and you're still not a Christian, you're still a stranger to grace and to God, you've never come to Christ uh, to seek His forgiveness, then I believe that the Bible is reminding you that it is today, here and now, time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. It is time that you began to take the gospel seriously. It's time for you uh, to ask yourself that all-important question. Where would I be today if death were to call me or if the Lord were to return? Where would I spend eternity? Let me bring to your attention yet again that you are a sinner. That's the very reason why death is a certainty. What was it that brought uh, death into the world? Well, you remember when God made Adam and placed him in Eden's garden, and we mentioned that to the girls and boys, he intended that Adam would continue to live forever in that perfect world which God had created. But listen to what we read in, in Romans chapter 5. We read these words, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We sinned in Adam's first transgression. Good Presbyterians will know uh, what the shorter catechism has to say about that. Sin entered into the world, and death through sin. When Adam took the forbidden fruit, not only was he cut off from communion with God, but physical death was to be his portion. And so it has been likewise ever since for mankind. Unfortunately, physical death is an enemy each one of us must face unless the Lord come back before we are called through death. There's nothing that we can do about that. But thank God, as far as spiritual death is concerned, we can overcome it. 
That's why the Lord Jesus Christ was born and lived and died and rose again, in order that you and I might, through faith in him and his atoning work, that we might know the joy of sins forgiven and that we might have that sure and certain hope of eternal life. Perhaps you're here today and you are a Christian. Well, then I want to say to you here, my Christian friend today, that it is also very relevant for you and for me to ask that question, what time is it for me today? And let me direct your attention again to the Bible in order to find the answer. Just listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say in Romans chapter 13. He says this, he says, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, the NIV puts it. It's high time to awake. For as Christians, we have been slumbering far too long. We need to be awake, for we live in dark and dangerous days. And God has much work to do, not only in us, but through us as his people. As we Look back today, we need to be asking ourselves the question, how much have I as a Christian grown in the past year? We need to honestly take stock of our sanctification. How much more have I grown in the last year to be like Christ? And friends, not only is it high time to awake and consider our sanctification, consider what God wants to do in us, but it is also high time uh, to awake and to contemplate our service for him. In other words, what God wants to do through us, we ought to be thinking about that very much in these days. And as you look out into the world today, there's no opportunity for us to be doing and working for the master. Jesus, when he was here on earth, said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And that much hasn't changed, has it, since those days. There's still plenty, plenty of opportunity for us uh, to be working in the harvest field. My Christian friend, is God perhaps calling you today to some task that he has for you? Perhaps it's to some position within this congregation, if this is the congregation to which you belong, it's a task for which he may already have gifted you, and today he's calling you to step out and get involved. Of course, we don't all have the same gifts, but we are called to be co-workers together with the master in the task of building his church here upon earth. It may be that the voice of God is saying to some Christian here today, whom shall I send and who will go for us? just as he did in Isaiah chapter 6. If you're a younger Christian here today, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you if you have ever considered a life of full-time service for Christ as a real option in your career prospects? Is it possible that in 
this church here today. God is speaking to someone, and he's calling you to seriously think and pray about such a possibility. When you're considering what your career might be for the future, do you ever think, is God perhaps wanting to call me into some kind of full-time service for him? The Presbyterian Church today certainly needs ordained ministers. When you look at the number of vacant congregations that there are right across our denomination, but we ought to keep praying to God that he will send forth those necessary. And maybe just today, could it be that he's speaking to someone and saying, have you ever thought about serving me in that way? Yes, of course, it's not only young people that God calls to such service. There are many examples of those in the Bible called into leadership roles who were certainly mature in years. I was certainly mature in years when God called me, and he called others. If you read your Bible, you'll find in, uh, in it that there were those who were called in later life to go and uh, serve him. I can think of one man who was in my own congregation uh, and uh, an elder there, a farmer. He was by occupation. He had worked in his earlier years in full-time service for the master in uh, two different missionary uh, endeavors. And when he was 65 years of, old, 65 years of age, he retired from the farming, and he set off uh, to be a pastoral visitor in uh, a couple of large congregations. And he worked in that position until he was 80 years of age. So don't try to think that age is an excuse for saying, no, God wouldn't want me. God can use you, and God can equip you. Yes, God is perhaps calling someone today uh, to go into full-time service for him. Is there someone here today ready to respond to God's call, to go and tell this people as Isaiah did? And the people in our day, of course, still need to hear. We've said that already. The fields are white already to harvest. Is there someone here today who is willing to say with the prophet of old, here am I, here am I, Lord, send me. Yes, it's necessary for every Christian to, to reflect on our service for the master and to honestly consider how we can better serve him. Remember, time is short, a lifetime short. The time that we have left as we meet here today is shorter still. And of course, the time of this world's continuance is short. We don't know when the Lord will come. We don't know when the trumpet is going to sound. And time shall be no more. But we do know that there are many people out there in the world today lost, dying without Christ. And if we know the Lord, we know that we ought to be speaking to them. We don't have to be a minister 
or indeed a missionary. God calls us all to be witnesses. And so we all need to speak. What's a witness meant to do? If you're a witness to an accident today, maybe on your way home from church, God forbid, but if you were, what are you expected to tell if the police say to you, what happened here? What do you know? What you're expected to tell simply is the truth about what you know. And if you're a Christian, all that God expects you to do to your neighbor, to your work colleague, or uh, your family, whoever it is he's calling you to speak to, all you've got to tell them is about what Jesus has done for you and is continuing to do for you as you live for him day by day. Time is short, a lifetime short. The time that they've got left is shorter still, and the time of this world's continuance is short. What time is it for you today? Maybe you're still not a Christian. It's certainly time for you to seek the Lord. Now is the accepted time with God, and today is the day of salvation. I never find in the Bible that God promises salvation tomorrow. Tomorrow, friend, even before tomorrow, it could be too late. Let me exhort you, if you don't know the Lord, to seek him and seek him now. And let me exhort you, as a brother or sister in Christ, to seriously consider what God wants you to do in this day and age in which we live. Let's pray. Father, we pause to thank you today for your word, that word that is able to make us wise unto salvation and is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path as we journey on. We thank you for reminding us of the brevity of time and of human life here below. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that now is the accepted time to seek the Lord if we don't already know him. And now is the time to awake out of our slumbers as your children and to serve you with a greater zeal in these dark and difficult days through which we are passing. And may you help us know, Lord, what you want us to do today, and may you help us by your grace to bring glory to Christ, in whose precious name we pray. Amen.